Today's guest is Roxanne Bernard, a registered respiratory therapist and president of Ascent Respiratory Care. She joins HME News in 10 to discuss lessons learned through several years of upheaval in the respiratory market. There's no need to go it alone, she says. Just get everyone on your team involved and you'll make it through the tough times. This episode of HME News in 10 is brought to you by the HME Benchmarking Toolkit. The HME Benchmarking Toolkit is your comprehensive guide providing key metrics, performance indicators, and invaluable data to help you make informed decisions for your business. For more information and to purchase the toolkit, visit www.hmenews.com forward slash hme benchmarking toolkit. I'm Liz Bollier. And I'm Teresa Flaherty. And this is HME News in 10 from HME News. Hi, Roxanne. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the HME News in 10 podcast. I really appreciate being here and being able to talk with you. Great. So, Roxanne, there have been many challenges in the respiratory market, as you know, in the last few years. Those include major recalls of CPAP devices and vents, and now there's an exit from the oxygen and vent markets in the U.S. by a, a major manufacturer. Can you sort of speak to how significant these challenges have been? You've been in the industry for a while. How does this compare to anything you've seen in your experience? Yes. Um, matter of fact, I've been in the industry of respiratory care for 35 years now. And, you know, with first having the pandemic and how devastating it was, not just to patients and the lives of people, but also to healthcare in general. So that was a big challenge in itself. And mm -hmm. then we see, you know, a recall that comes along uh, with such a magnitude of the number of devices and the length of time it was taking to resolve really had not come across my career. Matter of fact, when you have a very reliable quality line of respiratory products that you personally, myself, had used my entire career as a respiratory therapist from the 1980s, it's almost like you have an absence in, in your ability to service. You know, with the pandemic that we had and so many people were falling ill, and dying, and then we had staff concerns about their health and their family's health. Our own patients were not wanting personal visits. We had supply chain shortages. Also, an increase in pricing for devices and supplies. And then, like you said, the recall it just had an even greater impact on the supply shortage of devices. And then having new devices that were on the market that you're really not sure of what their efficacy was, really made it difficult to navigate all these different challenges that were seemed like coming one after the other. Roxanne, what's it been like in the trenches trying to manage all of this upheaval? Well, of course, it's really concerning. Again, the new products that we had to try to check on the quality, make sure they had technical support and clinical support, and really are the products that they were bringing out, were they really FDA approved? Did they have EUA approval? 
and then just the frustration of not being able to get devices and supplies, doing research on some of these companies that you'd never heard of, having to develop quick strategies for conservation of supplies like washing supplies. Now, we did that back in the 90s. All of our patients washed their circuits and trachs, so we had to go back to that type of a strategy and then teaching caregivers how to do things differently than they've ever had to do before, sourcing supplies, using technology for, that is HIPAA compliant to do telehealth visits and using the cloud-based data tools more and just you know, using my strategy of having more than one type of ventilator or PAP device, I think, really helped pay off. Roxanne, you, you know, you talked about some of the challenges of trying to test out and trust new products, things along that line. Have you sometimes felt caught in the middle between what the manufacturers are doing and what the patients are needing or wanting from, from you and, and the equipment that's available? Yeah, that was almost immediate with the recall. Yeah. But we really needed to make sure that the patients knew that we were dependable and that they could depend on us to conduct ourselves in a manner in which would be appropriate care for them and also to make sure that we were informing them in a timely manner and using equipment and supplies maybe that they weren't familiar with but that we had vetted those products. Roxanne, what has the communication also been like with referral sources and other clinicians about this? I think that's particularly important in, uh, in the ventilator market, which I know is your specialty. Yes, yes. And you wouldn't think with the referral sources coming from physicians, PAs, nurse practitioners, also respiratory therapists, that they would be almost in a panic because they were losing the ability to use some of these devices. Um, mm -hmm. But they were used to using the Trilogy 100, and they'd say, we need it swapped out immediately to a mm -hmm. Trilogy that wasn't on the recall. And it's like, well, there aren't any that aren't on the recall. Yeah. And right. devices. So we had to give them some other options and really do a lot of, of training with them and we actually designed our own crosswalk for the devices that we use, vents and, and PAP devices, and we're able to give that to the referral sources to say, okay, I know you're using this product, but if you use these different other different products, this is how we can manage your patient's care with those products so that it's similar to what they were used to ordering. Roxanne, what other lessons have you learned from a business operations perspective? I think I think earlier in the call you mentioned, you know, having more than one product available and things like that to manage challenges like this. I don't know if that's becoming just more of a, a normal part of the day-to-day -day operations for providers. Yeah, I think it, it is or it should be anyway, just to make sure you have diversity of products mm -hmm. that are also don't be afraid to use technology from the past to fill in that gap. Just get everyone in, on your team involved and you'll make it through the tough times because they also have knowledge, experience, and skills that they can contribute that may be things that you haven't even thought of 
as a business leader and, and just communicating with your patient base, that is really vital. It helps to keep them informed and they're confident in the care that's being provided to them by their HME, calm them, kind of calm their fears a little bit. Following the manufacturer's recommendations, you should always have that available so that if they want to see those, and then just give them options as well. Roxanne, have you found that patients tend to be aware of what's going on from the, from the broader perspective, or is the first time they're hearing about a lot of this stuff? I'm thinking of the, the PAP recall in particular. Is mm -hmm. the first time they're hearing about it when they hear about it from you? There was a little bit of both, but got to tell a quick story. When the recall for the PAPs and the vents came out, I was at a meeting, and I'd gotten a text from one of my pediatric patients' parents, and they were like, you need to call me. This is urgent. And when I called them, I had not even seen the recall notice yet. They found it wow. online before I even saw it. So, yes, and lots of them are so savvy. Even people that are in their 80s, they're getting on the Internet and looking things up and looking for devices that will even help them improve their health. Roxanne, if you could put yourself sort of on the other side of the aisle um, and think about it sort of from the manufacturer's angle, if you will, what do you think or what do you hope are some of the lessons that the manufacturers have learned from the past few years? Well, you know, I think that manufacturers and everyone that was involved should learn the lesson of making sure that you are communicating accurately and concisely and sending out information to your customers first, not necessarily the end user and making it a, a public announcement before you actually tell your customers, like your hospitals and your HMEs, tell them first before it goes public. I think from a perspective of, again, communicating precisely and what are the next steps, especially when they're coming out on a public platform, that if you are using these devices, what are the steps that those patients who are using your equipment should do? Because we were getting calls from all over the country asking us, and we didn't even supply the device to the patient, and they were asking us because it was on our website. I think from a standpoint of exclusivity, that we as an industry don't try to be brand specific all the time. I think that that has put us in a really bad place and still might be of concern and that we should think about what is going to be the best care for the patients that we serve especially in the HME industry, because as you said, we specialize in ventilation here. Ventilators are not one size fits all, and so we need to have those options. So keep your options open for everyone. Okay, great. Roxanne, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to sit down with us today. Okay, thank you.
and that's HME News in 10.